take two men that happen to be cousins who share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? A corpulent cornucopia of cinematic scrutiny we call The Finleys on Film. Good point. But I understand. I need to hit that. <laughs> Mr. Rock, please. Give a special guest. Chris Rock. Uh, hey, everybody. Oh, it's Rockchester that now. Turned, turned bad right oh, it's bad. I was unable to stay to sustain Chris show. Rock. Oh, lordy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that did too. Oh, shit. I'm in a spiral. I've been talking for half an hour races. about whether Bruce Lee was irrelevant, mm-hmm. uh, you know. How he would fare against O.J. Simpson if Simpson were mad. Yeah, yeah. And um, although I don't know, like Bruce Lee was like legit. There's actually a video on online. You can go check it out. The him, ping pong thing. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking bananas. Well, explain it. Sorry, I shouldn't cut oh, you off. The guy, he's, he's playing, but uh, he's playing ping pong against like a, like a pro ping yeah. pong player, mm-hmm. and he's using nunchucks and he's just whacking. It's it's amazing. Are you sure that's not like a modern um, CGI? No, it's I'm not sure. Real. I wouldn't know that kind of CGI if it, if it bit me yeah. in the ass. But if it's real, yeah. God damn, that's crazy. And if it's not, yeah. damn it, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, was, yeah. That's a good use of CGI to, to fool <laughs> fat white guys like me. Hey, man. Hey. Don't hey. put yourself down like that. Uh, I should call myself white. You're right. Um, uh, did, what's your high school um, history? Did you Did you complete high school or no? Did I come? Uh, no, I got a GED. Uh, so I, when, I got a, I, I got sick of it. Went to the Navy. When in the Navy, I got a GED. So, so you, you were a dropout for a short period of time. Yes. Uh, what, what, junior or senior? When did you drop out? After senior year, I had a couple of. Uh, Wait, I had a couple. You can't of, drop out after senior year. Well, I guess. Well, that's called completing year? high school. <laughs> well, no, I got that's through high school. No, but, but you know how you come out of high school and you maybe you don't have all your credits in in row. So they didn't I give you a diploma. Correct. They didn't get a diploma, and but, so you just didn't make it. Pretty much, yeah. I almost didn't make it either, by the yeah. way. Not to interrupt your story, but I was in line uh, mm-hmm. for the graduation ceremony, perhaps a little drunk <laughs> no. from, from the day's festivities, <laughs> waiting to, to hear yeah. whether I had passed auto mechanics. Dude, I had no fucking, I had zero illusions, man. I had like a 1.6. I had a 1.1. Really? You, well, yeah, because you can graduate. Wow. Well, high school, you know, the thing about it, they say about high school is it's, um, wait, this is one of those things like, uh, Smart people, the uh, messy handwriting belongs to smart people. Yeah, like, you know, right, I don't know right, if that's yeah. true or not, but there is a little bit of a like. If if you have, you know, if you're an interesting person, high school is likely not a place. No. You, I mean, you can no. buckle down and make it happen if you have discipline, which neither of us did, obviously, because we're in our forties and uh. our you know triumph of a podcast <laughs> that a hundred people listen to a week. But but. Um, but there is, you know, maybe some truth to that. But also, I was just a lazy fuck, and I was oh, yeah. stoned all the time. Right, and I was just, I was bored shitless, and yeah. I would do like, and and I and and like as any teenager, I was selfish and stupid, and I yeah. thought, hey, if I pass the test, why the fuck would I not get a good grade here yeah. instead of doing the homework? Which is, of course, because when you're a kid, you don't realize that it's the grind of doing that kind of shit that's part of the lesson you're supposed to be learning to well, take into the working because world. you don't get life lessons right. and, and any of that stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's I, all content. Not, I, I, to this day, yeah. when anyone is in high school and doesn't understand like um, 
where North Carolina is on a map or about the Holocaust or what, you know, whatever it is. I've met some of those. It's amazing to me because I was such a nerdy, lonely kid that I would learn about the Holocaust through the Time Life book series. Yeah, yeah. Because I was just interested. Right. And I would go to the library. I mean, that's where, that's where, that's, that's, I learned more than, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Learned much more at a library just reading books than I did, than I think I ever really learned in high school with the exception of some of the mathematical concepts and typing, you know. And yet, and yet, I'm going to say this. By the way, and I just want to point this out. If, if, if you're one of those people who thinks that the, you know, like your best years were high school, I don't like you. (laughs) Just don't. Well, I was just going to go into that. I've never, I've never met one of those people I liked. Okay. Well, you're looking at it in a way. I mean, I don't, I don't think my best years were high school. Let me, let me amend that. But I will say this. I had in high school, despite all of my, like, I didn't like high school. I thought it was bullshit. I didn't want to go. Um, nostalgia took a hold of me anyway. Mm. I remember one time finding a folded up piece of paper in a desk, like the crack of a desk and like taking a long time to wedge it out. Cause it was mm. folded. And, and someone had written about a kiss concert they attended and it was a couple of years old Wow! and it was like a message in a bottle. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I kind of dug that stuff. And, and, um, so I remember high school disliking it intensely, but also of course, as it was ending, having that ridiculous first nostalgia you have oh, as a teenager, yeah. like this will yeah. be the last time I use this locker, man. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, the one thing I think I liked in high school was football and the one of the and, uh, you know, well, sports it was the sports that I played. And then uh, and, and so, yeah, that was the one thing I sort of regretted coming away. Yeah. And it was the number one thing that goddamn Navy recruiter used against me. He and convinced result, me that every ship Tom had a never foot- exercised again. He, well, that's another story. Anyways, but the uh, but um, no, he convinced me that every ship had its own team. What? <laughs> Which, how do they get away with that shows shit? Shows you how rotten those people are, and be how stupid. You I watch was. like Private Benjamin, how how Goldie Hawn gets tricked into the army because they say there's like a, a spa and a mm. sauna. And you're like, that's crazy. But then I hear stories like that, and mm. it's kind of true. They lie like a motherfucker. Wow. Man. <laughs> and I imagine it's worse today than it was then because we're you know sending troops everywhere. Well, I I taught at Reedley College outside of Fresno. You decade. Name, you name dropper, you. <laughs> Decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, before I left and was was dragged back in like Pacino and Godfather Three to the Fresno area, but I remember um, meeting some athletes mm-hmm. who were students who were infuriated because they came from real places ish like Erie, Pennsylvania, or whatever, and they'd been recruited to Reedley because there was a beach. Oh, which is actually there's a tiny river that runs through really a patch of dirt on the patch of dirt on the side and they just took like excellently like you know produced photographs into a pamphlet and got these kids to come out people now that we have google maps look up fresno if it's anything but a california beach town that's amazing if that hasn't been clear by now wonderful anyway so we're delving so somebody at this point we're about five minutes and someone's going to point out these guys just blather on so we'll we'll put a link so you can sort of just go ahead to the movie talk and so we're talking about What's that? No, we no, won't. We we're talking about. I don't know how to group what the category of this, you know, today's episode is. Really, we're talking about two films that are kind of about high school nostalgia. Mm-hmm. One of them, um, the first one, is I think, sets the uh, the tone for that sort of like um, examining. I think it was the first film really yeah. that successfully examined um, like teenage angst at moving on and the yeah. decision to move on. And of course, we're talking about 1973's American Graffiti. American Graffiti. And I would say, I would I would go you one further. I think um, the, the American Graffiti started a whole group of sort of that kind of nostalgia group. I think most of those, you know, like looking back on high school as, as mm-hmm. movies, American Pie, like yeah, I, yeah. Think it, I think they all owe a debt of gratitude to the, towards this movie. 
Well, the, the, this really sort of redefined that concept. Very few of them are very good. That's right? true. And, and and I would say our second one is directly a response to American Graffiti. It's definitely mm-hmm. somebody. I, I just think somebody was trying to cash in. Like, American Graffiti was great. Let's yeah. do it. You know, there are too many parallels for you to be wrong about that. But but yeah. I, I would say, you know, there are some films that sort of still like I, last. Did you see Lady Bird? Greta Gerwig's. No, I mean, it's it's the idea that you can you can um, imbue um, a high school character with some depth. Right. It's, I mean, Juno. <laughs> Well, isn't that great? Because when you're in high school, that everyone you, you get like you think that, yeah. And every adult knows ultimately that's that is not true. Well, man. wait a minute, it's not true in the execution of it. We think we're deep in high school, right? Uh, right. I mean, I remember one time when when my um, my mom wouldn't let me go to an Aerosmith concert, <laughs> and the and the best I could come up with, which I thought was brilliant, was I turned to her and said, yeah, "People with little minds." <laughs> <laughs> Remember, Mom, walking in the sand. Oh boy! So, so, but I mean, it's it. I think it recognizes that that um, the execution or expression of depth is mm. not possible in high school. But that yeah. there is, there are people who who have depth and they don't even realize what they're. That's that's the conflict, really. Right, right, right. right. And so, so anyway, so we should get to to 1973's American Graffiti, which which has at the center of it. Um, we should really clear this up. Oh, I don't. It's I don't know if it can be cleared up. Huh? There's some a lot of different sort of reports about where this is, takes place. Right? It's filmed. Part of it's up in Petaluma. You're already treading into controversial ground. It's Far- actually supposed to be San Rafael. That was um, was the original, and then that was ditched by George Lucas, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, then, God damn it! I he, want the director's cut of he American up, Graffiti to appear. This is George Lucas. Oh, Jar Jar Binks is one of it. This is George, a hot rod. George Lucas's first <laughs> serious film at all. Oh, it really, it really crested his wave. Like this is this is the this is what gave him like any sort of cachet. I think. Well, okay, so it's all a fluke in a, in a weird way because so he wants to you know put it um, film it in San Rafael. Mm-hmm. He ends. He he grew up in Modesto. Modesto, right? In Modesto, there's the original. Mel's driving. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's the thing. There, some people report the fictitious town. It was filmed in Modesto mm-hmm. and a bit in Stockton. Uh-huh. To sister cities, to gems of California. Well, but I'd say Modesto is way better than Stockton. Okay. Stockton's a nightmare. Stockton is terrible. It's fucking Mordor. Okay. So um, some people see it as a Southern California town. Others see it as Modesto. Now, I side with the Modesto people because at one point in the film, there's a, a sock hop, mm-hmm. and they say, they say of the band, all the way from Turlock, which, <laughs> which would make sense. It would make sense. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. I need to... Oh, wow. It's got, I, I miss that. It's got a lot of weird little things in this mm-hmm. film, right? But anyway, mm-hmm. so it's, the, it's, it's one of the, like last night... Of the of the school year, yeah, everyone's graduated. For some reason, they're going to have a sock hop back at the school because that's what that's how you ended your high school, of course. Okay, but well, okay, so what? Okay, no, go on. So the so the original conflict sort of goes around this. We have Richard Dreyfus, who's right. a, who is he's a nerdy. Uh, he's, he's a little old for the role, by the way. Oh, well, everybody is. Actually. Okay, I'm well, sorry. not so Ronnie is, Howard. No, Ron Howard is a little bit old for the. He role. still had a couple strands of hair. <laughs> what are you <laughs> just, talking about? Just barely. So Richard Dreyfus is. Um, it's clear that the moose the local moose lodge. Has given him a sort of a two thousand dollar check, a scholarship, yeah, to, to like to head to the education. East Coast, get and, the fuck out of here and go be a novelist, right, right. 
And um, he'll be the next John. He's going to go off with his friend, little Richie Cunningham, mm-hmm. um, Ron Howard. Right. And Ron Howard just can't wait to get out of that town. Uh, and Richard Dreyfus isn't sure if he really wants to go. Right. And so immediately, I like and, Dreyfus's job here because you believe that's the conflict of high school, right? Yeah. Like you want to get the fuck out of this town, but in a way, you're a little bit hesitant right, right to leave all this stuff right so there's and that there's the, there's the there's the additional one which is uh, richard dreyfus's sisters penny marshall yep. who's also dating richie cunningham so actually Shirley williams you're thinking oh you're, you're right. thinking of laverne <laughs> it's actually shirley but i got you it should have been laverne okay but no you're right shirley uh, so she's uh, so she's dating uh, ronnie howard and they're mm-hmm. a serious high school couple oh, yeah. and she doesn't want him to go because i think she's like a year back or something like that well, she's also in, in any event. She's going nowhere, and she wants to drag him down with her. Oh, well, I call that high school love. <laughs> yes, call it puppy love. But it's classic, you know. It's sort of like, uh, are we going to maintain this relationship? Of course of we course. will, because we're hey, in baby, love. I'm going to be in college across the country. We're going to be great. <laughs> We're work this out. We got telegraphs and so, everything. So you have you have that. Then you have like um, I think it's Paul Le- LeBlanc, um, the guy who plays essentially the Fonzie character. Yes, right. And he's he's yeah. John. He's got the hot rod, and mm. he's sort of he graduated a few years ago. And this the, this is again the trope that gets played on in things like Dazed and Confused later say, on, right? Confused, I, I didn't. I, I have. I, I, I as we started this, I realized mm-hmm. Dazed and Confused is is like almost like an answer to this movie. Well, okay, so yeah, I mean there are some quality attempts to. Sort yeah. Yeah, continue yeah. this tradition just most of them are are not very good right yeah that so, is one of the exceptions so you have him and then you and then you have um um i, I forget his name but rat the, the sort of nerd character right who who has like a yeah a, a vespa that he rides around yeah. in. <laughs> yes, well stop right there right he's, he's bopping around in a vespa when everybody has a car that could like just you know just take out a fucking oh yeah like, like a snowy owl just, just, yeah. just, just fits in the gas so tank. this is 1962 i think we're going to sort of pin it as modesto Sure, absolutely, but but, but I'm sure it doesn't so, but, matter. But I'm told a lot of the filming was done in Petaluma. Yeah. But I'm going to let that. I'll, I don't think I'll that's true, but I'll it's nothing to argue. Yeah. So 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 there's it's like really it centers around one last night, right? right? And mm-hmm. there's this decision making um, on Dreyfus's part. He's not sure if he wants to go. Yeah. There's that sort of um, conflict or navigation between um, Ron Howard and Cindy Williams about what's the future going to look like for us, right? Um, there's Rat, the nerd character, who has really no skin in the game except that um, you know, he's obviously been sort of the, the victim of like nerd-oriented uh, pranks and bullying and so well, forth. And, and so, and like, continues to be so. And well, we'll but, probably do that into young adulthood. Well, because I remember you, you and I were both nerds thinking yeah. that somehow possibly magically after you got out of high school, there's this sort of reset button that you've been hearing about where people will appreciate you or something. So even this character has this idea like could he be cool for a minute? Right. And then, of course, the Paul like the, the the Fonzie character. He's going nowhere. And, and doesn't of, care. Doesn't give a he shit. He doesn't care at all, because yeah. why would you want to leave this town where yeah. you can cruise? You can and, cruise in his, rad, in his rad car. Yeah. And... and, 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 and and race and street race against yeah. other people and just cruise like which which was the, which is one of the things this movie really encapsulates really captures sort of the cruising slash oh, yeah. driving culture of that time period. It was gone by the time I was in high school, but here in Fresno, um, the the avenue was Blackstone Avenue, and my sister and her friends would cruise for hours and hours mm-hmm. up and down Blackstone, and you'd see that same car again. Woo! You know, <laughs> it was nutty. Everyone was wasted, I'm sure. Right. No, nobody had an Xbox is what we're saying. Yeah, they actually went out and did stupid things outside <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of at home. So yep. so all of that's there. And then it's about adding these small sort of like conflicts, subplots mm-hmm. about 
so that these people can develop their attitudes, right? So it's like you know uh, Richie Cunningham and, and Cindy Williams there, Ron Howard. That that you know it's it's announced. He's of course the class president. Yes, she's the head cheerleader, mm-hmm. and so um, he proposes. Pricks. He proposes to her that they should maybe see other people and uh, while he's gone, and that'll uh, strengthen a relationship, <laughs> right? Of course. And she's of course kind of having none of it, and and. And they end up at the sock hop, mm-hmm. you know, and on public display while they're falling apart. Right. right? So there's that. Right. Um, Richard Dreyfus is sort of like, you know, one of the immediate sort of like symbolic um, um, conflicts <laughs> that comes along is Suzanne Summers, who's this uh, hot blonde and a T-bird who whispers like, I love you through a window. Right, right. It's no, more... You can't hear the words, but you see her mouth say it. Like, oh, oh yes. and, kind of, and Suzanne Summers at her like sexy height. This yeah. is pre-Three's Company. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that gets uh, Richard Dreyfuss's Regal Beagle in an uproar. And um, <laughs> thank you. Um, but it's, it's symbolic proof that the heavens are speaking to him, right? That right. in fact, you know, he should stay in this town. Right. 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 Um, and then, you know, Richie, uh, uh, I keep saying Richie Cunningham, but, but uh, Ron, Ron Howard. Ron Howard gives Rat the Nerd his car to mm. take care of. And so, my God, there's an upgrade. You know, Rat the Nerd can sort of. <laughs> you can actually he, have, four, he, can have four wheels and four doors. He picks up candy. Like mm-hmm. the local hua, uh-huh. um, who thinks he's just brainy and cute, a la like Marilyn Monroe, right? Right, right, right. Um, and then, and then, probably the, the sort of the cutest subplot is little Mackenzie Phillips, who's twelve years old uh-huh. in, in a Jodie Foster type situation. Now, little did we know that Papa Phillips was <laughs> <laughs> making her a woman she, even at the time. For years, I had no idea who that was. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah oh, her dad true. was a real piece of shit. I gather oh, that. Yeah. Holy what do you mean, moly. a real piece of shit? He was a papa. But but she's sort of um, foisted off on onto the Fonzie right. character to cruise around. The with Fonzie them. character is He'd, the perfect way to say it. Yeah, he's the Fonzie character, right? Because right, I mean, right. this all this movie becomes Happy Days. Yeah, this, right? this movie is is completely ripped off to become Happy Days right. for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so there are all these sort of like these four um, little little plots happening, right? And all these sort of conflicts and right and and it's just and it's just you know what it is like the friction of of youth bouncing up against each other yeah. as the night progresses, really. Yeah, and what does it mean? What's every time there's a conflict and a resolution? What does it mean, right? Mm-hmm. So Richard Dreyfus actually has a, a, a very cool adventurous. Night, you know, he's sort of at one point like kidnapped by um, this this gang, yes, um, led by Bo Hopkins of the Wild Bunch fame. <laughs> Should I kill him now? Should I kill him now? Um, uh-huh. And um, and you know, obviously, you know, of course, he sort of ends up impressing them by helping them rip off the very uh, Moose Lodge people who gave him the mm-hmm. the, the scholarship. Uh, the scholarship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Rat ends up um, making out with can- the candy character who's impressed with his ability to finally, you know, procure alcohol, but right. the car is ripped off, so they have to search for the car. Mm-hmm. There's crazy hijinks, like, you know, uh, abs- absurdly, you know, tying a cable to a cop car's axle and right. then, you know, ruining. Yeah, the destruction of public property at the very least. So there's all, you know, I mean, look, it's, it's, a, it's a really good film. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's got some issues uh, that that George Lucas probably had no control over. Like the acting is not always that great. No, of it's course little, not. It's stilted. But, but, They're but young let actors. Point, let me point this out. Every like I, I don't know. Every once in a while, a movie comes along that sort of. Uh, oh, every that, once in a while, a movie comes <laughs> along. Well, it does. That that has like a cast filled with people who become stars later on. Except sadly for Cindy Williams, but that's okay. <laughs> she had, <laughs> Sorry, Miss Williams. She, I don't think I, she's still living. She's still eating out on Laverne and Shirley, dude. I think it keeps her in Pepsi. Eating out. Oh. 
Anyways, uh, but but this is one of those movies where just a ton of people came yeah. out of this movie. Yeah. Harrison Ford, Richard Dreyfuss. Harrison Ford uh, plays like the the bad guy racer who goes up against our Fonzie character yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah. There's Richard Dreyfuss. There's Harrison Ford. There's really Ronnie Howard sort of being redefined as well more of an adult, but he yeah. ends up in Happy Days, and then, yeah. then he goes into that. So uh, there's uh, Cindy Williams, that, like like it or not, uh, yeah. was it um, Suzanne Summers? Yeah. Like all these stars come out of it. It's like um, like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest yeah. is another one like yeah, yeah. that. It's every once in a while, one of those movies comes out, and it just a whole generation of stars. For that matter, yeah. Days and Confused had a number of people sure. come out of it. Sure. So, um, so that's but, cool. Some, and, and I have to say this personally: this movie defined my musical taste from the year from the age of like yeah. eight until about. 13 or 14. It's a great one for, for soundtrack, for, oh, for placement. Um, one of the great soundtracks. Really, really interesting uh, sort of uh, cinematography, actually. I give, mm-hmm. um, I give uh, George Lucas great credit for that. Yeah. Um, it, so much of it takes place cruising in cars that you don't notice at first that there's a sort of like um, repo man sort of light coming up from the floorboards of every car. That's, <laughs> But it's actually well done. It's just sort of an interesting avant-garde move you're right, that you're he's right. making. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that Because you can see people cars normally like and this is mostly this is the six yep. place at night so you know yeah, yeah yeah so you're right you're right you're right um i i thought it i mean it's everything about it is um at least competent and um it's not saturated in sentimentality so you feel fine about the level of sentimentality that's there there is a lot of it too and it really plays and it was a movie that really exploited sort of like the the generation of the baby boomers, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the choices they have to make. And in fact, it ends um, with a, a sort of like a, an animal house sort of move with like the, fa- the the four main characters. This is what happened to them, which we won't talk about. But it's kind of an interesting sort of... Um, but but I, I mention that because the things that happen to these four characters, supposedly, um, really are like a, a timestamp of the, the issues of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. But they only show up at the end. It's not a film that tries <coughs> to sort of imbue the issues of the time. It's it's, no, it's supposed to be timeless, right? There's no larger lesson to be to be to be had out of this movie. It's yeah. it's like a snapshot of kids that age. Well, but even even you know like it's and Wolfman Jack is in this movie. I'll uh, talk about that in a minute. Hmm? Um, but Wolfman Jack, the character, <coughs> gives Richard Drivers this advice about like seeing the world. Like it's a, it's you you need to see the world nah. if you can to be to be the person you need to be. And so mm-hmm. like, but that's the extent of the lesson giving that right. it's, it's it's giving. Now I'm gonna say and this. He, and he takes the advice and moves on. Yeah. Okay. I hate Wolfman Jack. Shut up! Really? All right, all right. Well, he's first of all, he is what became all horrible Z Morning Zoo yeah, radio shows. Created, he created he that created shit. The mold, he has sure, the yeah. most aggravating voice, the most humorless. That's the only part that bothered me is that he'd be on the radio and people would be laughing, and it's you can't figure out what the fuck they'd be laughing at. There's nothing even remotely funny or entertaining about what he does. Well, you know, okay, so this is funny. I got on a big thing. At, at work, sometimes I have... Uh, Kind of access to the. I just have a lot of downtime sometimes, mm. and so I'll like crack open. No, <laughs> hopefully I, crack, I don't listen to this. Hmm? Mm. I crack open uh, a Wikipedia page and uh, and I just pick one at random. And the mm-hmm. like, I don't know, two weeks ago or something, like, well before we thought of doing American Graffiti, mm-hmm. I was looking up Wolfman Jack. Why? Because I wanted to know how this fucking guy got popular. How? Yeah. What's the answer, please? Well, well, okay. So first, because it was all like local radio stations at the mm-hmm. time, I'm like, how did this guy become so so crazy iconic? Mm-hmm. And you know what it was? Is he worked in Mexican radio. Mm-hmm. He worked in one of these He's radio. on the Mexican yeah. radio. Well, there's some truth to that. The, the, the Mex- there, there were these Mexican radio stations that yeah. had 
like a Death Star quality, <laughs> Death Star quality antenna, and they yep. could like they would be they would be transmitting from Mexico, and you you get them in Saint Petersburg, Russia. And so that's how he had like that well, kind like of AM he radio that, from Chicago. I get you, but that's how stupid that. we were. We were interested, like, wow, that's coming from a faraway place. Yeah, who nah, gives a shit? It's terrible. Him, ah. It's awful, awful <laughs> radio. I mean, it's just he's just not good. Oh, I disagree. I'm glad he's dead. He's a character. Well, you you are a bad person. So anyway, um, I think bad. we give a high regard to American Graffiti now. Heck of ups. Pushing the boundaries of our 1980 or before. Falling squarely into the category of what the fuck is wrong with us is another movie we're going to be talking about. Oh, I don't know. Okay, so so we're talking about 1980s, the Hollywood Nights. The Those Hollywood Nights, they drive me crazy. Now, let's let's just stop. This could easily have fallen into the category of one of our indefensible films. I don't know. I, but it's a movie that you and I both love because we watch it at the same time. And actually, we watched it, it before American Graffiti. Oh, I don't know if you did, but it was definitely... A, I saw American Graffiti after this film. Oh, really? No, I saw, it, I saw this way after okay. American Graffiti. And yep. it was just... And it's just one of those movies that... It just it spoke to me as a twelve year old. Oh yeah, that's what it was. Okay, so so it's I mean the premise is is such a ripoff. Of, it's the same thing. Okay, Almost. so it's, it's not nineteen sixty two. It's nineteen sixty five. Uh-huh. It's Hollywood, the, California. The, the music is updated and a little bit cooler. I have but to some say. of the songs are actually the same. There's like two or three yeah. songs that mm-hmm. appear in both soundtracks. You get heat waving on that, so we're good. Heat wave. Talking about heat wave. It is not the last night of high school, Dave High School. It's actually the closing of of Tubby's Drive-In, which yes. is a, a local institution for right. everyone whether and, it's like car gangs again, or, and we're talking about this is again part of that, that drive-in culture situation too and so this I guess is like the death of it or something like that a salute to that or yeah. or you know an homage to that and this uh, and the local you know the local gang uh, that, that hangs out there the car, car club yeah. yeah the local car club I'm mm-hmm. sorry mm-hmm. who could easily get beaten up by anyone of anybody from West Side Story okay. any one of those gangs would mm-hmm. beat the shit mm-hmm. out of them mm-hmm. um, it's, and it's their uh, it's their night to go crazy and, and mourn and celebrate the Passing a tubbies. Now the, the thing is, madness it's, ensues. It's not that it avoids any sentimentality; it's that it neatly compartmentalizes it in like one or two areas. Vaguely speaking, that an institution like Tubby's Drive-In that the locals love is is being closed down is right. part of the sentimentality, but there's not much there. The only it's real sentiment—it's like uh, also the hive of a nest of fucking hooligans like this. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it makes sense that they would close this goddamn yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, danger to society down. But the other, the the actual sentimentality is this. So it has like early performances by, um, we're talking Tony Danza. Hey, okay, God bless you. Let's stop, Tony right now. Danza. let's stop right now and just yep. back up and talk about the cast in here. Because we've also Wait, got... I had a point I was going to make. Oh, no, go on. And then we can do that. But 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 so I just want to mention Tony Danza. And then I think Michelle in her film debut is uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, and another guy, who, I don't know the actor, but basically these are the older members of the car club. Mm-hmm. And um, not only is Tubby's being shut down that night but oh by the way it's not going out of business the local chamber of commerce is shutting it down yeah. right mm-hmm. <laughs> again because of these hooligans yeah these hooligans but you one of the, would hate these fucking kids one of the founding members of the club is being shipped off to Vietnam so right. it's 1965 and it's like no idea what Vietnam really is or mm. what the future holds so there is like this attempt at like real like crossing the border into adulthood right. And but oh, and I think we should point out uh, the name of the movie is based. That's the name of the car club, the Hollywood Nights. Right. Okay. So, but but the rest of it 
doesn't attempt. It's just a bunch of vignettes it's gags. about it's about gags, yeah, gags. together. So you have the two cops, like American graffiti this is has the perfect like the perfect bridge between American graffiti yep. and Porky's, and this is somewhere in the middle there. I guess, I guess, even Porky's, I would say, is, it has it, it more sort of structure and sentimentality than most <laughs> of the spinoffs like American Pie. Okay, All but right. but okay, but the rest of so you have the two cops, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, American graffiti had the, the sort of like. Mm, a, a, uh, the cops show up yeah. as part of the right. the, the and, and they, get, they get tormented by by the by but the of, gang with Richard but of course Rankin. this guy these two cops one is like super fat cop and one is super skinny cop right. and they're just boobs. L- Laurel and Hardy they're just, they're just boobs they're these cops yeah, right absolutely yeah they, they, they couldn't catch a cold Lawrence <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia that makes no sense to anybody listening and well it shouldn't no but I I had to say it anyway uh, because it doesn't make sense in the movie yeah it doesn't. You have those guys. You have um, New Bomb uh, Turk, who's sort of like the younger generation leader of the... Uh, yes, his name is New Bomb Turk, and New it's played by, by the wonderful Robert Wool and his finest. That was... Maybe the best thing he ever did. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> a, man who, a man who could fart Valare. He <laughs> <laughs> could fart Valare. All right. Um, there's just lots of side gags, and just totally... I thought they were a scream at the time, but it was sort of like, you know... Um, the 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 one armed violinist at a talent show, <laughs> and it's New Bomb Turk, but he has his finger in his fly. His, so his he, pants are like he's grabbing his bow with his dick. Yeah, but it's really he grabbed his it with his dick. Everybody. Yeah, I mean th- these things won't make sense unless you watch them. But but suffice to say, it's just gag after gag after gag, and of mm-hmm. course, like the two girls, the Iron Box twins, who are kind of the sluts, right? Um, and, and also like that. Oh, time, you got to see a bare a bare female butt at one point. Well, oh, that this, was nice. But yeah. also um, a film debut of fam, uh, Fran. Dresser. Fred Dresser. Like this is another this is a weird little capsule of a movie yeah. that has these these young actors going to come out of it, you know. I mean, part this of is it like is like the first thing Fran Dresser ever fucking did. Everything about it was sort of informing for me, like um, what sex was going to be about, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like this guy who we're, we're so twisted, who you know wants to get laid, new bomb Turk, but he mm-hmm. he um, you know he, ejaculates he, he too early. <laughs> he has what we call erectile dysfunction. No, he prematurely he he jacks his he jacks. Wow. I am having a hard time with that word today. He ejaculates in his trousers. Yeah. Hmm. Um, there's that, you know, and like hand jobs and, you know, wh- you know what does it all Fuck mean? Fuck you, by the way. I got that now. <laughs> <laughs> What's it all going to mean? And it's like, I took that very seriously as like mm-hmm. an 11 year old. Like, wow, this is the future. And like, and, <laughs> and it's, it's total nonsense. And like a lot of those mm-hmm. movies, um, one of them, I think it's, like, it's 1983's Class with, with Jacqueline Bissett. Oh, is, is and the, the Last American Virgin. What passed as funny was actually kind of a disturbing bullying of people, right? So mm. it's sort of like your private thoughts are recorded um, about sex, like a conversation you're having with your girlfriend, but then like broadcast over the PA system at school. Uh, it's like, you know, or like... One of the pranks that happens in the movie. Or, or look, you know, I, I, I'm falling, but I, I reach to grab onto something and I rip her shirt off and mm. she goes like, you know, screaming, you know, her boobs flailing and it's like... And it, I'm not... This is not like when we did Bust Up and I was... I'm not disturbed by it in this no, movie. No, no, it's no. too ridiculous well, to it's be so disturbed. Fucking, it's incredibly juvenile. Yeah, but it's just... This it's is really a juvenile male it's movie. It's very, very juvenile. I would love to meet the woman who likes this movie. Yeah, it's... <laughs> But I still, so I don't know. I, I don't know that I could recommend it, but I can tell you that it informed a lot of how I felt about it's, life. Look, every once in a while, you got to go watch a movie simply because it's fun. And I can recommend this on that level. It definitely is. It has a great soundtrack. Um, early sort of, you know, as we said, Fran Dresser, Tony Dance. Tony Dance had done Taxi, but he still hadn't broken through. Films right. Yet. Michelle, right. Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer made one of her first, maybe her, I think first, her first speaking role. Uh, Robert Wool, you know, who went on to do a, to be oh, a second Alice. banana in yeah. lots of movies. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, yeah. And I love the movie. Yeah. I just do. You know what? This is it's it, three quarters of this podcast was talking about American Graffiti, and one quarter was talking about uh, Hollywood Nights, and that's so perfect. Appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> so so a good idea. So um, I think that's it, man. Yeah. Let's wrap this. Let's wrap it up. All right, buddy. Did you come, Joe? Did you come? <laughs>